Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me, Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist, for an episode of the Richard Listens podcast. Today, we will be hosting Elizabeth Anika, and she is a touch guru, an intimacy coach, and she teaches men about women and elaborates on the intimacy connection that we so often talk about on this podcast. She takes this from out of the bedroom to in the bedroom. She's been a fascinated herself on the world of intimacy and touch and physical connection, something that's been lacking in our world tremendously over the last year where so many people being isolated and separated due to the COVID quarantines across the world. Some areas are still in a form of lockdown different countries. She's an adventurer at heart. She has honed off her listening skills while traveling the world. And then she rounded off her knowledge with a master's certification in transformational neuro-linguistic programming. Elizabeth resides half-time in Boulder, Colorado, and travels much of the rest of the year. She works with clients online and some groups and in-person events coming in the fall of 2021. You can find out more about her practice and Elizabeth at howtotouchwomen.com slash Elizabeth. Thank you all for being loyal listeners of the Richard Listens podcast, staying with us from before and through the pandemic. I'm Richard Olberger, and it is a pleasure to be here with all of you. And I'm so thankful and warmed by the following and those of you who reach out, whether it be on Clubhouse, where we host weekly rooms, including Wednesdays at noon, and those of you who can't wait to get your hands on a copy of the Zero Method book, which will hopefully be released later this year. Uh, Again, you can contact me, richardlistens.com, and I look forward to assisting you or directing you in any way I can if you or a loved one is in need and needs additional help with their mental health needs. Again, this is Dr. Richard Olber, and I look forward to welcoming our guest and talking a little bit deeper about the power of touch and healing and furthering intimacy in our lives. I do work mostly with men, and so I always love getting perspectives that can help 
the clients I serve, broadening their perspective and their horizons. Without further ado, we'll be welcoming Elizabeth. Live from Boulder, Colorado, Elizabeth Anika. So tell us more about you before we get into touch, intimacy, all the good stuff. Tell us more about how did you come to this work and what inspires you to help women and vicariously, right? help men that they're in relationships with, not necessarily for the purposes of many of my clients who are men and would like to know how to get closer and more connected and to get out of the numbness. Absolutely. Yeah. I came to it via a circuitous path. (laughs) That path led me from Northern California, where I'm originally from, to New Zealand, to Vermont, to South Africa, where I lived for like half a decade, to the Middle East, to Europe, to Mexico, and finally to Colorado. <laughs> so this, the, the geographical path was very multi-destinational and I studied and lived many different things along that route. My academic background was in marine biology and, and ecological conservation. I was first gonna save the world through nature. <laughs> And then I moved into sustainability consulting. I was going to save the world through recycling. Then I started life coaching and found neuro-linguistic programming, which is like one of my favorite modalities for behavior change and cognitive Just for our listeners, clarify it a little bit because it's the way you say things and the body language that you deliver when communicating. Is that... I mean, the best way that I have for neuro-linguistic programming, the acronym for which is NLP, is like rewiring the brain using language visualization and and somatic patterning, which is kind of fancy jargon, but basically just imagine that life isn't as you want it. And then it becomes the way you want it over a number of sessions with sitting across from somebody doing something that looks like therapy, but isn't quite. (laughs) Yeah. I remember because I I did a hypnosis training that a lot of the similar principles were being used. Yeah. Hypnotic language, kind of like addressing the subconscious through uh, repetitive language patterns, noticing how people natively use language and the way that they phrase their limitations says a lot about how they construct those limitations. So I could get really heady about that, but just for the purposes of like what I teach now and the way that I work with men, I use a lot of like neural and cognitive behavior repatterning because I can't work with anybody or everyone one-on-one and in person. I work a lot with my clients online. Anyway, so to finish my, my trajectory, NLP training led me into coaching First, I started coaching with women. Then I started coaching with men. I really had really missed working with men. I really love men and I love working with them. And the reason that I picked that I I feel like it chose me, touch and intimacy came to me through a partner that I started dating. After years and years of traveling and meeting and making out with all sorts of men from different cultures, I had gotten a flavor of the way that men kind of initiate intimacy, the ways that work, the ways that really don't work, but nobody has told them. This was also a sociological research. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. I had my clipboard at the ready at at any given moment. Always taking notes, which never weirded any of them out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Just for all the listeners, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I had this one partner about three years ago who enabled himself, like he had learned a way to learn what turn on looks like and how to track it in a woman's body. And when he told me how he did that, I was blown away. And I realized if he had learned that, 
then other men could learn it. I wanted to teach it. I wanted other men to have the kind of experience that this guy was able to create for himself. And I wanted other women to have the kind of experience that I was able to enjoy with him. So you could have just been selfish and kept it all for yourself. (laughs) Well, this is my new tactic for saving the world. I I didn't do it through nature or recycling, so I'm doing it through intimacy. And I really do believe that with the new paradigm that's kind of coming down with women and men sort of reorganizing how how they relate to each other, intimacy is in the crosshairs, but it's also the nexus for innovation. It's the nexus for like coming together and actually finding a rebalance and more stability than we've ever had before and sexiness. <laughs> That's beautiful that you say it that way. Yeah, I guess I want to ask you that when you said about patterns and beliefs, are we yeah. dealing on the, not that we want to live in generalization, but are you dealing with the collective in which men are socialized or is that then boiled down to like the individual level? Like, is it, is it that individual story around safety and what intimacy looks like or is supposed to be and how to, how to achieve it? Or is it kind of, so are we still looking at old gender stories? I think it's a, I think you've kind of answered within the question very well, Richard, like it, we live in social fabric that then picks up the hues of our own patterns And so, yes, I'm dealing in a coaching relationship. I'm dealing with one particular person's version, their structure of the reality that they live within the framework that society has agreed upon kind of fits their gender and their, and their sexual orientation and et cetera, et cetera. My entire training is in just incredibly individual attention and customized customized support, customized assignments, customized exercises. Like I, I really, really love getting on a man's map, like understanding how he sees the world, what he thinks is holding him back from having the kind of touch, intimacy, connection, sex that he really wants. And like figuring out together how that actually becomes possible, even given you know, what we're dealing with in the world and the gender dynamics between men and women, there's still a lot more freedom and possibility that we all get to have than most of us are actually realizing within our lives. When we we spoke initially, you spoke to the fact that a lot of times, I guess, men's initiation of touch has been sexualized and how that's now been rejected, right? Being rejected more often. So are you finding more men frustrated or just like kind of helpless, not knowing what the language is, not knowing how, like, where do you begin? I find, I hear (laughs) so much confusion. I hear so much care for like, where do I touch her and when? How do I know she really wants it? How can I be sure she really, really likes me? Like so much care and attention on the rightness of timing. And the other side is so much confusion. And so much uncertainty about, is it welcome? Is it okay? How do I know if it's okay? How do I know if it's welcome? Which I guess is a good thing that the confusion's there because it means that we're challenging pre-assumptions, right? If everyone was just doing what they've always done and it wasn't what was enjoyed or welcomed, then we're living in a paradigm that's, you know, misled, lack of safety or trust. Right. And the, but the irony is that women still really want healthy masculine touch, but right now a lot of the healthy masculine are freaked out because a lot of scrutiny got put on the entire gender, some of which was very deserved and overdue by a long shot. And some of it, some guys were never, ever actually overstepping. They were doing a really great job of being respectful and stuff. And they are the ones that are freaking out right now, kind of swinging the pendulum. And I hope that it comes back into a really lovely balance because women wonder where the men went. There is a sense of like, I don't want them to just disappear forever. (laughs) Where did all the men go? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Where have all the cows? 
soundboard's gone. <laughs> I guess that's one way to get men to sign up for a class. <laughs> We're here. We're here. We've always been here. We're just confused. Yeah. So so how do we sort through that confusion? And just like any other form of shock or trauma and identity, right? I've been talking a lot about there has to be an element of play. There has to be an element of safety or we won't go into that topic or area, no matter how painful it is mm. and how much change is needed because safety yeah. is a big trigger. And, and I, most healthy men don't want to be the perpetrator of any harm. Yeah. I, the way I like to frame it is that like women would really like to feel safe and sexy. And so the, the safety is that container that you're holding. The sexy is the play and intimacy by its nature can be incredibly playful. So when you're, when you're thinking to yourself, if you're a man and you're kind of in this situation where you're not really sure which way is up, you're not really sure how to proceed with, like the, with building intimacy with women without pushing their boundaries, first, believe, like conceive of a world where that is actually possible for you. Start to admit, imagine and visualize like what it will look like when you do have the kind of play, spontaneity and reflex with touch that you really want. So that's just the, you know, that's just base neural, just like a kind of start giving yourself what I like to call a brainwash, where you're actually like filtering in some of the messages you want to give your brain about it. And then realize that body language is a language. You can learn body language, just like you can learn another language. And if you really are unsure about whether or not a woman wants your touch or whether or not she wants a first kiss, <laughs> Whether or not she wants to take it to second base or third or fourth or wherever, you can use your words and ask because your psychology and your sense of safety is also really important. And if you're running anxiety and nervousness in your system when you're standing in front or waiting to kiss her because you're not totally sure if she wants it or not, then figure out a playful way to ask. Come to one of my workshops. <laughs> I teach I teach a masterclass every month. 101, 101 ways. <laughs> I was like, like, there's so many cute ways to ask for a first kiss. And women, a lot of women would love to be asked if they want a first kiss rather than just kissed. <laughs> so, you know, if you have any doubt, like it's okay to ask, it's okay to use your words at any stage of intimacy, every single time, if you're ever in doubt, ask her. Is that a hard thing for men to learn to ask or bring up their vulnerability or? Yeah, there's so much glorification in movies and the media about how like kisses and sex just happen. Like it's like this, like two bodies becoming one and there's never any conversation about it. They just move in tandem and it's like this beautiful thing and nobody's speaking and everyone's just moaning and coming. <laughs> and it's like that doesn't that's not how it works like it it really is like we there's a lot of pressure to be this suave know what she wants before she does kind of a man which i want for you also eventually that's that's why i went into this i that's what i want to teach men how to do just laughing about all like the broken furniture and things like <laughs> right, that I'm like right, who exactly. asked that vase nobody asked. <laughs> that was mine no <laughs> right, right but yeah i think when men are initially propose with the idea of asking, for example, if, if she wants to be kissed, there's a knee jerk reaction of like, no, I can't do that. Otherwise she'll think I'm a loser. I'm like, I've sat with women who tell me that they would kill if a man asked them if they wanted the first kiss. So what are you finding? And I guess it's the timing is perfect, right? Because we've had this, I mean, depending on, I mean, we know people we spoke with on mm -hmm. uh, clubhouse recently in Canada, they're still in kind of a lockdown, but right. even in America, right? People have gone, I know they've been dating throughout, but now it becomes like, 
a first date question about, you know, your vaccine. And I mean, what are you finding with like intimacy and people being willing to get back out there after this period of like deprivation? Yeah, I think it's awesome. So my personal take on COVID is that it's the coolest reset imaginable in terms of like the conversations around touch. Yes, we had to start asking whether or not we could be within six feet of each other, which was never a thing we talked about before. But so we all have training. My personal wheels. space was three feet, right? See, right, like six feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. You say six feet from people. Like, like it, it wasn't like, can I kiss you? It was like, can I take off my mask around you at a picnic? Is that okay? <laughs> right. So it engendered Which in a way us. Is Beautiful, right? The sensitivity and the care. Totally. We had to rethink communicating about touch from much further away, which hopefully- and eye contact, right? You really had to go yeah. like on yeah. the, the, just this part of a face and mm-hmm. the eyes. There's a lot more eye makeup sales, like eye makeup tutorials that happen from- Are from, there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll never forget. I went to like Mendocino Farms, a restaurant here. I don't know if you have it in Colorado. No, but I'm from healthy. Mendocino County. So I'm- Oh. It sounds familiar. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. I mean, it's healthy, you know, outdoor picnic-y kind of style, healthy-ish, right? I was trying to, you know, we got the plexiglass and the mask and the young lady was so helpful and I wanted to give her a tip. They ran the credit card and there wasn't. So she's like going to put the order in and I'm running along the counter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the camera, the manager's probably like, there's a man running after a woman across the counter. <laughs> I just thought it was like, oh my God. Like I was like terrified. That she would think you were coming after. Yeah. I mean, it took so much time because if you can't mm-hmm. hear each other, like anyway, so oh, right, the, the power right. of the eyes and like totally. really trusting yeah. that somebody's listening or paying attention to you. <laughs> yeah. And so I do think that people are getting out there a lot right now. Like I know that in-person workshops are going, are flying off the shelves. Nobody wants to be stuck on Zoom anymore. I think we developed a good secondary tool that people don't want to be relegated to that. And in terms of dating, like I see people out doing their thing, just like they have always done it almost like nothing ever happened. So like, which fascinates me because we have just undergone like the craziest thing any of us in living memory have been through. (laughs) I would have thought people would be a lot more disoriented. So I believe what I, what I think people are doing is actually a really well paced return to dating in person and getting their touch needs met. Hopefully they've realized that touch is a really key part of their psychological safety and they're wired. Like a lot of us, whether or not it's our love language are wired for touch, as I'm sure you know better than most. So that that didn't happen for a lot of us over the quarantine. And now we have a chance to put like social structures in place so that we have that kind of human contact, even if it's not a romantic or an intimate framework at first. Do you find with a lot of your clients, I mean, so many of my clients, maybe I'm skewed because it's, you know, I'm trained to work with trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, that when they've been through something traumatic, how do you teach them to be about it or to work with their boundaries and not necessarily just stay away from contact altogether does it come up yeah it does i see this more with women but i think one of the one of the much overlooked sectors of trauma is with men and touch and like sexual trauma with men like for anybody who's been through it there is a an aversion to returning to the source of the pain which is to remember it, to bring it up in memory and to talk about it and to rehash it. And every time we remember something, like every time we open the file of a memory in our mind, we get a chance to resave it with a different name, with a different tone, with a different flavor. And so the more that I can help people feel safe within the container with me or in my group programs to discuss these things and to find new ways like new possibilities so that their ingrained sense of trauma gets a chance to like rewire 
to find a, a new and better mental pattern that they or that gets triggered under the same circumstances the trauma used to trigger. So do you have to bring it up at the start of a workshop, like that some of the touch could be triggering as, or I, don't I mean, it can be it, healing, right? Yeah. I just tend to approach it in the more like healing space. Like this is what I want to create as a possibility for you. I want you to live into the reality that you as a man, a divorced man who may have had a loveless marriage or a sexless marriage, you you lived through certain kinds of traumas even within that relationship. Like every time you reached out to her and she turned you down or pushed you away or said she had a headache, like those are little micro <laughs> abrasions into your somatic patterning system. So I want, I, I first just in, introduce you to the reality that it is not that way forever. Like you actually get to have the intimacy you really want. And that tends to, unless the trauma is extremely severe, that tends to give the men like their own runway into something else. Like, so they tend to want to come toward the reality that I'm describing versus stay in the reality that they've experienced. Yeah, really. That sounds so visceral. So many of the men that I work with and sit in men's circles and it's, pretty brave of you. I know you you moderate in the men's tribe on Clubhouse uh, that you're willing to step into these spaces. I mean, what's that like for you to go into groups that are predominantly men and to bring a topic that you may know they need, but they may be afraid of reaching out for or I don't know. Well, how's the experience been? It's really sweet of you to ask, Richard. This is... We care. We care. <laughs> we care. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I know every time that there was one woman in my room today, she was like, is it okay if I speak? I was like... Yes, we need a yeah. female voice in this room. Yeah. Yeah. So I will admit that this is, despite all the places I've traveled and all the things I've done that are like extremely scary and courageous, this has required more confidence and courage than I've ever mustered for anything else in my life. To sit in front of men and say, I'm going to teach you how to touch women has been a work of many months of my own confidence and neural rewiring and visualizations. <laughs> like I have had to walk my own talk and sitting and like developing my own sense of presence, charisma and confidence in order to be able to hold space for men like this. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Well, thank you for that answer. Rather than, <laughs> oh, it's been great. All the men have been nice. And oh yeah, no, they are, they're wonderful. 
Well, I didn't know what answer I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, I guess when you work with nature, right, there's there's no one, right? But this is like scary, right? I mean, is it scary because it brings up the possibility of, of rejection or that they won't be ready or that they will be mad or they'll be closed? Like what, like, is I it think that the, the men won't be ready for the change or resistant? Maybe it's more like, like at the beginning, it was more like, is what I know to be true and useful going to be true? and useful for them also. So I think like the beginning stages of anytime you start sharing your art, your creativity, your message, like that's a question that probably you should be running through your head. Like like it it makes sense in my head. Does it make sense for other people? And then I had, you know, my first clients and my first workshop attendees write back or tell me that they've had this amazing intimacy, the most mind-blowing, you know, the most mind-blowing sex of their life or that they tried a trick that I taught them in a workshop and their girlfriend lost her mind. She was so turned on. And I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. That's, that's good. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Little confidence there. Like, okay, the message makes sense. Great. It's not just in my head. <laughs> There's a hurdle every month that I go through. And like right now, it, you know, it's different level, different devil, but the piece about men being ready. And this is something I want to normalize is like, I actually don't find that they're not, I think men want this so much and they want so badly to have the kind of connections and intimacy that they, that they really want with women. The reason why I'm doing this is because no one else is. <laughs> like no one else is talking about this specific aspect of touch. And I thought, okay, well, if no one else is, but men really want to learn this, then I will figure out how to teach it. I'm trying to think how we can, you know, share tips or strategies without giving away all your secrets. So is it about, right? I like it, but that's playful and simple. Is it about simple ways in which we can make contact that communicate, you know, interest, affection, you know, excitement, whatever, or is it about, yeah, like these big paradigm shifts of confronting how you're numb and closed off? It's really like, I, I either don't, attract the men that are numb and closed off. Like I, like by the time they get to me, they're really, really open and eager. So I teach two things. Like one is kind of a mindset approach, kind of like a framework to touch that gives them the overview of how to create a dynamic that's safe and sexy. And I talk about the spectrum from, you know, being friend zoned to pushing boundaries. And the sweet spot in the middle of that is leading without pushing and without being friend zoned. So I give a lot of kind of overview of show the arc of how to create space with a woman that makes her want to open to you without feeling like she's got to actually be vigilant because <laughs> the as soon as she's vigilant, she's actually not in, in very much pleasure and you probably won't be either. Um, but I really pair this with specifics. And this was kind of my goal going into this was always to offer as many specifics as I possibly could. My pet peeve with personal development speakers and teachers is that when I hear them, they speak in such beautiful <laughs> But vague generalizations that I, I can't actually feel the change that they're trying to tell me to make until they ground it in a little bit more. Well, I just love to use friend zones. Like every guy's like, I don't want to wind up in the yeah, friend zone. I don't I was more afraid of the friend zone than being too pushy, unfortunately. Right. So. Well, like they complain about being friend zoned. She complains about being pushed. And the sweet spot for everyone is when he leads when and she can lead also. Like there's no like she can do leading as well. But when he is when he has the potential to lead where he's charismatic, et cetera, et cetera. So some specifics. I really think that the lower back is a, is a much overlooked area on a woman. The lower back is where a lot of sexual energy lies. 
You can touch it when you're in public on a first or second date and she's moving through the door in front of you. You can signal both sexiness and protection with this. It's a chakra, right? It's a one yeah, of the... well, yeah, right. You have the sacral chakra right in there. Like if you really want to blow her mind, you can give her a massage and find the tiny little muscles in the sacrum that are super tight on most women because of the way our hips are rotated forward. But if you just put your hand there, <laughs> when you when she walks through the door, she can feel in an instant that you're safe and sexy. Like this is a great spot to just elicit that same, that kind of like desire in her. And then later on, when more intimacy is developing and things are escalating, don't go straight for her front. <laughs> That's where most guys go. Like pay attention to her back, put a lot of like light touch on her back, wake up the bottom of her back, like this lower back area with your fingers, with some what I call finger trails, which is just, you know, light touch pads of the fingers and backs of the fingers on her. You can do it all over her back but especially on that lower back part, come back to that every time, every once in a while. That's really good. That's beautiful. I just wanted to add there, you know, yeah. I did a study. I got, I signed up. I was the lucky guinea pig who signed up for a massage versus light touch. Ooh. Yeah, oh my gosh. How I got in. Yeah. But it was interesting. Eight sessions, I think of massage and eight sessions of light touch. What? Yeah. And the light touch, I would be out like in a second, like, oh. like it had a, the calming effect. Uh-huh. It's, it's interesting what you're saying. You know, it's uh -huh. like that in some ways we think sometimes that we need this like aggressive right. sports massage. And sometimes right. it's just right. really simple and gentle and supportive. I think they just like, for most of it, there'd be like 15 minutes just holding the hand over the lower back region. Oh God, I really need to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. So what I hear from women when I say, when I tell women, like, what do you, what do you think I should tell men about how to touch you? They're like, tell them to slow down and to touch more of me. Tell them to slow down and touch more of me. So this is especially important at the early stages when you're developing intimacy with a woman. You can almost be sure that she got rushed through when she was in her teens or 20s. Even if she wasn't didn't experience actual sexual trauma, she probably got rushed through making out with her, you know, college sweetheart high school under the stadium, like there were parts of her that they were touching that were not, she was not ready for them to touch yet. And so she, she has like this pattern, this neural wiring of vigilance around her body. If you can give her the sense either verbally or the way you conduct yourself, the, this lead stance that you take, that you are not going to go straight for those areas, that you are going to pay attention to her whole body and give her this lightness of being the slow light touch. She actually gets to open to you. Her body opens. You'll notice her, her arms fall to the sides, her legs open, like she actually literally will open to you instead of you kind of pushing for the thing that you think she wants. You may not be realizing that you're doing this because it's like it's an impatience, right? Or an uncertainty or a... I think it's some impatience, but I honestly, it hasn't been mentioned to men that that actually isn't what women want. And nobody's really having this conversation in the bedroom because he thinks he's touching the places that he has seen work in movies movies, porn, etc. And she's making the noises that she's seen women make when they get touched there. So neither person is really operating authentically and they're both giving mixed messages or you know, right. Uh, then it's extremely confusing when it's not received or doesn't work. So I'm glad you mentioned that, right? The P word, right? So mm -hmm. 
what are you noticing? Like, like porn seems to be like more readily accessible, more utilized by like, I mean, even while people were surrounded at home in a pandemic, it's all over social media and in people's inboxes. So how are you helping men let go of that or separate from utilizing that in lieu of getting close? Right. Well, so two things there. Like one is that men are sometimes looking at porn as instruction manuals for what how they should touch women. So I'm replacing that that like faulty instruction manual by teaching them like for, with a woman's perspective how women and I'm, I say that with I say with a strong generalization and I like to caveat that I, there's no way I can speak for all women, but I'm speaking for the women who want to be who want slower and more gentle touch, especially in the early phases of intimacy. So that's number one is that by the time they come to my workshop, they come to my webinar, like they are already understanding that they want a much deeper level of intimacy than pure intercourse. And that's a really, that's another key piece is that there's a stereotype that men just want sex. I can kind of get behind that when they're in the younger ages, but I think as men get older, especially when they've had a significant relationship or two, they really get this desire for what I call real intimacy, like the connective space that isn't just the physical active intercourse, the emotional and energetic space that surrounds, that comes before, during, and after. And so when they're with me, when they're in front of me and on a webinar, they're are already like whether or not they watch porn, <laughs> they watch porn the night before or something like that, like they may still have porn in their life. And I'm not the one to take that away from them, but I'm the one to give them a, a different playbook that actually works better. <laughs> so they're getting their needs met with a more nourishing kind of touch and they're learning better how to touch than they would if they were just watching porn. I like that. It's a balanced perspective, right? It's not that we want to be the morality police, right? No. And advise people on what works for them to feel healthy. But yeah. if you right are using that as your manual and not getting the result you want, of insanity, <laughs> same right. thing over and over, expect a different result. Which is hard if you can't access a different way. If you don't have access to this kind of learning, right? Yeah, you don't really like. I think that this is one of like the luxuries of of problem solving is that you only really realize that you have a problem when you have the inkling that there is another solution possible, right? Like if it never occurred to you that there was a solution, you wouldn't actually really want to admit that you have a problem because once you do you're in an unsolvable bind. In your, in your opinion, you're in an unsolvable bind because you don't, you recognize that something's not working, but you have no idea how to go about fixing it or making right. it better. So I think it's, it's a tricky one. And it actually takes a lot of guts to realize that something isn't working the way you want. And then to begin the journey of finding a better way. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. You are too. Like, this is like, we're, this is what we do. And I, I can't say that I, I mean, I've definitely gotten better about it over time, but like I, I encounter problems every week in my business that I have to go find solutions for. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very tricky, you know, like to, like we just said, like someone could bring up these issues, but not really see them as, I guess I try and tie it down to emotional level. Like why, if you're using that, what are you avoiding? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause people mm -hmm. will regularly say my love life is great, but mm -hmm. it's also right. But I also noticed that I'm, you know, needing to check out several times a day. It's like, mm -hmm. well, do you want to deepen that connection? Like, or is it great because you're sleeping together a certain amount of times per week? Mm -hmm. Like what's making mm -hmm. it great? Is yeah, your definition, totally. Is your expansion of what right. the relationship is? Right or the quality of how you want it to be? Are you able to speak in a language of intimacy? Are you wanting that to grow? Mm -hmm. Is that part of the discussion of the relationship? So, yeah, and are you just assuming that the other person is content? Right, yeah, that's, it's an interesting facet of like touch and intimacy and sex is that since it's not talked about a lot, especially with the people that we're doing it with, like we talk about sex a lot more conceptually than we do actually like go talk to our partner about like what's working, what's not, 
you know, da, 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 da. I think that those conversations are important. I think it's also really important to have a fluid, nonverbal kind of circuit <laughs> that runs as well. So you're not you're not necessarily having to have really okay clipboards out what's right. going well, what's not going well kind of conversations. Right. There should be <laughs> right, right. The ability to understand or sense. Yeah. But the ironic thing is I, I honestly think that almost every woman has like has a desire that's not getting met with a man that she may or may not be aware of. And this is the other tricky piece is that a lot of women have never had really, really, really good touch. So they don't even know what they're not getting. And so of course, you know, like to him, he thinks he's doing great. She's enjoying it. There's not a complaint going around. But what I want men to realize is that like by opening yourself up to new ways of touching her, you enlighten even a lot more turn on in her body, which then makes her pleasure and orgasm so much stronger and so much more embedded throughout her entire body. But it also gives you the opportunity to get the touch that you haven't really ever noticed that you're not getting. And this is another factor that, that men are missing is that a lot of the men, the touch that men receive is really genital focused because <laughs> that's what women learned by Seventeen Magazine or watching porn or whatever. Like we also <laughs> didn't get any schooling on how to touch men. So I brand myself is teaching men how to touch women the way women really want to be touched, but I really end up helping men get the kind of touch that they've never, ever really realized that they're not getting and that they want so much. The client that just went through my program and is having like the most mind-blowing intimacy of his life, he's getting incredible touch, like this like lovely, amazing oxytocin, dopamine infused bath. Every time he's with his woman, sex or not, he's stoked. <laughs> well, that's the flip side, right? On a chemical level, what are our bodies getting? Touch. Yeah. And if you're up for it and you really want to experience what it's like to be in a bliss state somatically, then let somebody touch you lightly and slowly over your whole body, male or female or non-binary. Like it is just something that our skin really, really, really likes. Beautifully said. And I just got such like vivid imagery around, you know, the oxytocin, the closeness, the warmth, mm, the anti-nature's yeah. antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. About, you know, feeling connected and close and safe mm -hmm. and everything that we need that transcends money, whatever you're going through. So tell us, you know, in closing, how people can find you, wh where they can get your courses, where they can see and learn more about these topics that you've sure. left behind the turtles and the... And you can find me on my website, which is howtotouchwomen.com. And then I run a masterclass every month. It's a free masterclass every month. I'll be doing that till the end of the year. If you go to howtotouchwomen.com and sign up for the, I think I have a manual, like a free gift on the homepage. If you sign up for that and you'll be on my mailing list, you'll find out when my free classes are. I will be having a longer program this fall. And I may actually, this is a little spoiler alert. I may actually do an in-person event around <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> We're hoping. Yeah. And then Wouldn't also that be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to be starting a Facebook group here pretty soon too, which will be private and just for men. So we can start sharing like little tips and tricks about what works well what doesn't work well for developing intimacy. I work mostly with men who are dating, who are divorced and dating. So kind of like. And if men have a block, they don't want to conceal in a group or whatever, they can bring it. Absolutely. They can bring it to me personally. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and uh, usually take a three-month contain, like three-month time period for that. So definitely for the man who kind of knows that he wants sort of a, a renaissance, if you will, of, of kind of personal, personal stature, personal stance, his ability to connect with women. That goes really deep. And you connect with me through my website or through Facebook. I'm Elizabeth 
Annika. <laughs> and are you going to be doing any specific clubhouse rooms on touch or do you just incorporate it into all the discussions you leave? I incorporate it into all the discussions. It's difficult for me to tear it apart. Um, but usually on Tuesdays, usually at least a couple Tuesdays a month, I'm on and moderating a discussion that's either around dating or intimacy specifically. And I think I'll be doing that, if not next week, the following, and then another couple in August as well. So that's the men's tribe on clubhouse that's right if you're not part of it get after it. that's right for all our listeners out there if you want it's it's kind of like a podcast that it utilizes audio but you can go on you can listen to elizabeth you can raise your hand you can ask questions or if you're busy you're driving you just want to listen you can do that as well so pretty cool if you want to go in there find your interests and see what people are up to and talking about i run a men's tribe a wednesday men's circle to for power and meaning so today we talked about what obstacles you're overcoming but there's tons of cool topics and lots of coaches and gifted speakers on there so yeah it's an amazing resource like if you're if you have the technology get on clubhouse get on the men's tribe if you if you are if you do identify as a man, there's tons and tons of really professional, high-level resources, of which Richard is definitely one. <laughs> and I want to commend you. Thank you so much for doing the work you're doing as well. I'm thank you. And yeah. we hope that, you know, if you're whether you're a client of mine or just a man out there, or you know, a, a woman who's in relationship to a man to and if you're in need of help, mental health help, please reach out to me. But if you want to expand your closeness in the next year, reach out to Elizabeth. Take a look at her site, howtotouchwomen.com. And there's also, I do have resources for women. So if you want to jump on that same site, I do have a tab that's for women that kind of goes about how to how to ask for what you want in bed, because that's another big piece. Men are well, in all seriousness, right? You know, how many of us that there's connect you're in a relationship, like you said, either whether you be dating and first looking to establish or be together for a long time, but you know, have kind of plateaued or not figured out how to get beyond uh, where you're at. And like Elizabeth is saying, how much goes into not being said or not being asked for, not being communicated. It's in those spaces where change can happen. Yeah. 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 It really, really can. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Elizabeth Annika, on How to Touch Women, the deeper conversations on vulnerability, on helping men get what they want from their relationships, and vis-a-vis helping women, developing safer, closer, more meaningful relationships in the process. We hope you've enjoyed this topic, and Elizabeth, and hope you explore the podcast, like, listen, subscribe, and play around on the Clubhouse app and get yourself out there and exposed and reach out to others for information, knowledge, understanding, and be a part of shifting your perspective so that you can stay in the present moment and grow and change and get all the help that you need to make those changes. Thank you again for listening. I'm Dr. Richard Olberger. Check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens or richardlistens.com. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. This is Richard and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com. 
providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Take care, everyone.